Hey there, peeps, and welcome to another episode here on Common Sense for Common Peeps. Today we're going to be talking about the events that just happened over the last couple of days and um, the events that's going on in your Ukraine and Russia. And we're going to go back to one of my videos that actually YouTube decided to take down because it violated... Um, it violated their guidelines, so that's another topic that I wanted to actually talk about. But with all of this stuff going on right now, as far as Nancy <laughs> Nancy Pelosi going over to Taiwan and the stuff that's going on in Russia, that's something that we need to talk about. So, go grab your favorite beverage, sit on down, crack it open, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Common Sense for Common Peeps podcast, a podcast that talks about topics by using facts to come up with opinions and solutions for the betterment of us as human beings. We have the right to have different views based on our beliefs and opinions. It is up to us to take those facts, discuss those views, and come up with common ground solutions that will move our society forward. Thank you for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hey there, peeps, and welcome back. Um, some of you know this, some of you don't know this, but I have a YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Productions. That's C-A-C-H-O, and then Productions, and the number one. And I've had that channel for a few years now, and it's pretty much mostly Minecraft and some oddball things. But lately, I had been posting videos about the Ukraine war and just, like, opinions Pretty much like a prelude of this podcast is what I was doing over there. And one of the things that happened when I was over there is that I created a, um, I created a video about uh, the war. And I was pretty animated because I heard somebody talking about how we should pretty much as a country go in and help Ukraine fight Russia. In essence, what really ticked me off is the fact that he said that the Russians were the bullies. And Ukraine was the the little pipsqueak or the little guy on the playground that the bully was beating up on. And bullies shouldn't be doing that. And they need to be stopped. So I was pretty animated about that because talking about how that's going to lead us to World War III. I mean, if you're going to decide that you're going to battle Russia, that's not going to end well. And one of the things I was saying also, and this video came out on March 6th. So it was almost two weeks after the war had started and going on. So let me just go back to that video. And I'm going to play a little bit of a, um, a clip from that video. So when you're listening to this clip, just think about what's going on. And then I'm going to play another clip right after that about what's currently going on in Russia. So let me play the clip. This is from my YouTube channel. And it was actually, like I said, it was a video that um, YouTube took down because of their guidelines. And that's another another podcast, another story. Um, let's play it now. You, we have to make a decision, right? There's three decisions here that you got to make. Number one, we just stand by and we do nothing. We just do nothing. We don't give Ukraine nothing and let Russia take over. That's option one. Option two is to give them everything that we can possibly give them without going into war without um, sending ships or 
planes or anything like that, like what we're doing. The problem is what we're doing now is we're giving them weapons. They have no chance. All we're doing is letting this fight go on longer than it needs to be going on. I hate to say it, but by giving them more weapons, we're killing more people. There's no sense of that. If you are going to help them, then you have to full force help them. You have to bring everybody in, and then we have World War III. That's the option. So that's option number three. We go in as a group, and we take care of the situation, and the problem is you're going to start World War III. And is that what you want? Do you want World War III? There's three options. We sit there and do nothing and just let Russia take it over. B, we get there and we put weapons in there and let this thing stand out. C, we go on and just let freaking nuclear war happen. Well, what about option number four? Why don't we actually have freaking somebody stand up and say, hey, enough is enough. Stop the stupid fighting. Get the freaking Russian, get Putin at one side of the table, Get Zelensky on the other side of the table and let them talk. Let them have a peace treaty. Do what you did with the freaking mafia. Get them in 18 different cars, whatever, to get to an isolated location. So And have them all for freaking guns. Everybody, you have one side with guns and the other side with guns. And if somebody does something stupid, then they all get shot and that ends everything. Right? But you got to get them to sit down. You cannot have World War III. You have to sit down. It's freaking land. Give up the freaking land. He wants to give up Crimea. He wants to have two republics formed out of this. Let them have it. It's not worth freaking World War III over. I don't understand it. Somebody has to stand up and be a strong freaking leader, a strong person, and stand up and say, enough is enough. Alrighty, now let's fast forward five months later. I cannot believe they've been fighting for almost six months. Absolutely insane. All right, let's fast forward five months later. This is on the dive with Jackson Hinkle. If you're interested in like hearing the other side of the story, Jackson is pretty much a pretty decent guy on that side of the story. So you have like the left side, you have the right side, you have back and forth. I don't agree with everything that he says. I don't agree with everything the other one says. But this is one of those options that you have to see the other side. He's pretty decent. He's a good guy to, to listen to the other side. In this particular interview, he was doing it with Colonel Douglas McGregor, another guy that pretty much has been saying from Jump Street that there's no way Ukraine's going to win. Freaking Russia's a superpower. It doesn't matter what the West says. Russia's not in the Stone Age as far as, we far as the military goes. And another one is Daniel Davis. He has been saying it's this too from Jump Street, that there's no way Ukraine can win this war. So anyways, let's fast forward it today. And here's the status of Russia and the Ukraine war in the view of Colonel Douglas McGregor. But the Russian commanders were instructed to minimize casualties uh, on the Ukrainian side. In other words, they knew they were going into eastern Ukraine, where most of the population is effectively Russian. But they also didn't want to do any unnecessary uh, collateral damage. They wanted to avoid unnecessary collateral damage as much as possible. Instead, they advanced on a front of almost 500 kilometers in these battalion tactical groups, which is a, an interesting and a good organization for combat. I think it's proven itself in many ways, but this spread them very thinly. And I think the underlying assumption was that many of the Russians there would rapidly come over to them, 
which would ease their progress through Ukraine. But then the Russians themselves discovered, this is, these are the Russian commanders, that uh, they had made a terrible mistake in Moscow in, in one area. They had told the Russians in eastern Ukraine, well, we're coming in, we're going to destroy Ukrainian forces, effectively denazified, as I think you, your listeners have heard. And uh, then we're going to leave. And we're not going to stay permanently. We're, we're simply interested in the autonomy or independence of the two uh, breakaway republics in the east and legitimizing Crimea. Well, the Russian population said that's fine. Then don't expect any help from us, because if you're not going to stay here permanently and liberate us from the Ukrainians, then when you leave, the Ukrainian secret police will roll in and kill all of us and our families. Well, that had a big impact in Moscow. People finally began recognizing that this was about much more than just destroying the Ukrainian army. That was essential. And that has taken time largely because the Ukrainians decided to move into cities and urban areas and to prepare defenses and to sit, sit down and, and wait for the Russians to arrive. Ukrainians have never launched an operational uh, counteroffensive. There have been minor counterattacks here or there on a battalion level, but nothing organized across the front. So the Russians then changed their modus operandi. And they recognized that if these Ukrainian forces were going to immobilize them in defensive positions in cities or elsewhere, well, that's when you bring in your strike forces, your artillery, rocket artillery, conventional artillery, tactical ballistic missiles, and you pulverize them out of existence. That's what they've done. And the Ukrainians uh, have not managed to organize any serious counterattack. They talked about a million-man counteroffensive recently, which, of course, never materialized. And I, no one knows what the exact casualty figures are, but I can tell you the ones that are being floated in the West about the Russians are grossly exaggerated. Uh, the Russians have lost somewhere between 11 and 12,000 killed and another 15, 20,000 wounded. But the Ukrainians are looking at upwards of 60,000 dead. And how many thousands more beyond that uh, were wounded is anybody's guess. Many people have died of wounds because of inadequate medical care and medical infrastructure. So the Ukrainian army is decimated. The Ukrainians have lost this war. The initiative has passed very early permanently to the Russians. The Russians have pulled most of their regular forces back. That's their regular army. They've rested and refitted them. And I expect a major offensive this month to finish off uh, the fight to Odessa and then probably Kharkov. Everything is in, in Russia's favor at this point. The sanctions have blown back badly on the West. The Russian economy, contrary to some of the reports that you've heard, is not suffering badly. On the contrary, it's selling more oil, gas, minerals, resources, food to other customers around the world than they ever have before. So the real question is, how much longer do the Russians wait before they launch this offensive? And then probably they'll declare uh, these areas of eastern Ukraine to be Russian. And whether they uh, deem them to be a new independent Russian Ukraine or it is simply assimilated with the rest of the Russian state. I don't know, but I think that's what will happen. And we show no signs of being willing to talk to them. We keep mm -hmm. urging the Ukrainians to, to fight. The Ukrainians keep losing uh, equipment and people. We keep pouring equipment into them. But I'm beginning to think that's turned into a, a terrible scam because most of our money that was destined to provide equipment for the Ukrainians just goes to the Department of Defense. We ship equipment over there. Then the money is transferred from the Department of Defense to the Defense Industries, and uh, the usual suspects on the Hill are rewarded with their donations and campaign supporters. 
like I stated five and a half months ago, Ukraine is not going to beat Russia. They cannot beat Russia. It's not going to happen. The only way that Ukraine is going to push back Russia is two ways. Either one, we go in there as a country and the UN goes in there as a unit and forces Russia out or we negotiate. That's it. There's Ukraine has nothing to do. We've seen. We've pumped, what, $56 billion? We're pumping weapons into them. We don't even have the weapons. We don't even know where they're going. They end up on the black market and all this stuff. There's no way Ukraine is going to win. And we just keep pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping weapons to them. And it's not going to do any good. Like the colonel said, and like they did at the beginning of the war, they're just sitting in residential spots. They have pushed themselves into residential cities and they're packing themselves in. You saw it in Kiev. You saw how they had Kiev packed in. If they came there, they're going to be fighting out of the buildings. So what's Russia going to do? They're going to put rockets through the buildings. And then Ukraine's going to come out and say, oh, look, they killed innocent people because they shot it in the building. No, well, they might have killed two or three innocent people, but they probably took out 50 in the army that was there. It's absolutely insane. And now, and now, Nancy Pelosi, what is up with these politicians? Why do they want to, like flex their muscles. Oh, I'm Nancy. I can go anywhere I want. You can't tell me where to go. I don't care if the president, because technically she is the leader of her own executive power. She's the leader. She can do whatever she wants to do. $90 million it cost the United States for her to do what she's doing. So if this is such a good idea for Nancy to go to Taiwan, how come she just didn't like, you know what? I'm willing to pay first class. I'll give her a first class ticket on American Airlines or or whatever, Continental Express. Let her have first class. She could take her own plane, you know, take the plane. Take the Continental plane, take it there, fly there, and go there and you can visit it all you want. Why do you have to have, what, nine, nine mail... So why do you have to have nine military planes? I think they had five ships (laughs) following her to make sure. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. And then why did she go there? Why did she go there? Supposedly, she said, we went to Taiwan. And I cannot say this word. Hopefully, I say it right. We came to Taiwan to make unequivocally clear that we are not abandoning our commitment to Taiwan And we are proud of our enduring friendship. What does that mean? Could you imagine that the head of China, like the vice president of China or one of their high up executives, flew into Puerto Rico to just have a conversation up to their leader about, you know, maybe how does communism sound, you know? Cuba's done pretty decent with it, you know? Uh, what about uh, Cuba? Puerto? So what about Puerto Rico? Could you imagine that, what would happen? What would happen if that would be the case? I mean, we would be up in arms. We'd be up and crazy. Everybody would be going nuts. You know what? And, and, and the thing about it is, you know what this did? The only thing that this accomplished, think about it. The only thing that this accomplished is made Russia and China 
even closer. I will guarantee. I will, like, like I said five months ago, there's no way Ukraine could possibly win this war. I am going to bet before the end of the year that Russia and China are going to form some kind of a pack and some kind of allegiance. And they're going to become a partnership and a powerhouse as one. Could you imagine if Russia and China decided, you know what, screw the world, right? Just screw the world. We're going to live off of our resources. So you put Russia's resources and China's resources together. And they said, the rest of the world, you're on your own. Figure it out. Could the rest of the world actually survive without China and Russia? I mean, think about Europe. Europe would be screwed because they'd have no oil. We would be screwed because we can't get any of our technologies. You know what Taiwan, you know why, we, why we're interested in Taiwan? We don't care about social issues. We don't care about none of that. You know why we care about Taiwan? It's their economy that we care about. We don't care about nothing else. We care about the fact that they are the world's largest equip, um, electronic equipment um, builders. They make more electronic equipment than anybody, from cell phones to laptops to watches to game consoles to computers. They're all powered by computer chips, and they're all made. Our cars. We couldn't. I don't even know if we can drive a car today without a computer chip. Can we? And then think about, and then think about like, oh, weird. We don't want to produce oil here in the United States, you know, because of global warming and all of that. What happens if Russia and China say, you know what? And you know, Saudi Arabia is not going to help us. We've already figured that one out. <laughs> what would happen if China, Saudi Arabia, and Russia would form some kind of a pact? And then India, who is kind of like on the, you know, they're kind of like on the fence which way they want to be. I mean, they're kind of more pro-Taiwan than they are China, but they're not really too happy with the U.S. What happens if they say, you know what, out of the betterment of the good, we better go, you know, we better form this alliance. Could you imagine a mid, you would have the alliance of Russia, the entire Middle East, minus Israel, China, and India? with Saudi Arabia, how, how would we ever get oil? How would we get oil? The reason why you cannot touch Russia and the reason why Russia's economy has exploded to the positive with all these sanctions going on is because they're self-sufficient. They have all the minerals that we need. They have all the oil that, that they need. We, we can't we can't compete with that. We have to because we're Americans. We need, we need, we need, we need, we need. So we got to get stuff from all over the place. Could you imagine too, let's say, um, I can't remember if it's either off the top of my head. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I believe it's Chile. Could you imagine if Chile or Brazil, one of those two decided to go like that way too? Oh my God, first of all, it's in the Western Hemisphere. That can't happen. We would get no coffee. So we would have no coffee. We'd have no gas. <laughs> We'd have no computers. We have no cars. We have no games. We can't even play games because we can't get the chips to play the games. This is this is how stupid it is. This is how this is how stupid this is. 
folks, this is the 20 this is the 21st century, right? We are a quarter of the way almost through the 21st century. This is 2022, guys. This isn't the Stone Age. This isn't the 1900s, right? Or the 1700s or the 1400s and stuff like that. Like I said, there's a lot of history with China, right? China goes back before BC and all that, but like there's modern history too in the 1900s. I mean, we know all of that. We got that. But here's the thing. We need these other countries. And you just can't start like flexing your muscles. Oh, I'm Nancy Pelosi and I'm going to do this and I'm Joe Biden and I'm Donald Trump and I'm whatever, whatever, whoever. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're left or right. We have to stop the wars and discord has got to stop. I thought I turned that off. And that's the other thing. Just on a side note, why when I X out at discord, it still stays on? I don't get that. Sorry, that was me sidetracking. <laughs> but anyways, all right, I'm going to wrap this one up. But I just want to I just wanted to state that. And I know I'm a day late, probably maybe two days. If I don't get this out tonight, it'll probably be a couple days late. Oh, my God, this Discord is driving me crazy. All righty, it is that time of the podcast. It is the knucklehead of the podcast time. And now, it is time for the knucklehead of the podcast. Today's knucklehead of the podcast is House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy from the great state. Guess what state he's from? California. Why is it that all the upper guys are usually from California or Virginia? Oh, that's where the money is. I forgot. That's where all that money comes from. All right, Mr. McCarthy. What a stud muffin he is. Mr. McCarthy supported Miss Pelosi on going over to Taiwan, but he had an issue with it, though. You know what his issue was with it? That she didn't take a single Republican. Can you believe that? Can you believe that she didn't take a Republican with her? I mean, it's okay for her to go and almost cause World War III and allow China to like do military exercises outside of uh, Taiwan. And God forbid one of those missiles happens to go awry. And, you know, oops, my bad. We just took out like uh, a couple buildings in Taiwan. But yeah, his, his issue was is that she didn't take a Republican. When she went to Ukraine, she didn't take a Republican either. So if you really want to make a strong statement, you should be partisan. Don't take all Democrats. That is what Mr. McCarthy, the minority leader of the House, said in an interview. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? These are the people that are in office and need to go. This is why term limits probably should be around. If you're like... 70 years old, and you are pretty much almost senile, you need to go. You need to go. Because stupid statements like that is just incredible. Absolutely incredible. We should have had at least three Republicans 
So then when China got mad and decided to stick a missile up the freaking airplane's uh, tailpipe, at least we would have gotten three Republicans and three Democrats out instead of just six Democrats. Oh my God. I cannot believe the gall that these politicians have. And it's going to get worse too, because we're getting really, really close to the uh, November elections. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be a battlefield. The Democrats know they're going to get wiped out and they're going to do everything they possibly can to put any kind of like distraction out there. Monkeypox. They're going to do everything that they can possibly can to put some kind of distraction out there. Abortion. To try to get people to like not think about millions and millions of people that they're affecting around the world because they're knuckleheads and doing stupid things. So, congratulations to House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Republican California House Representative. You are today's knucklehead of the podcast. I just want to take this time here at the end of the podcast to thank everybody. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me some comments. Um, I did get a couple of reviews on, I think it's Apple that does reviews. Uh, and I appreciate those. And I thank you for the encouragement. And hopefully we can keep this going for, I don't know, as long as we can let this thing go. Um, again, all of my socials are in the uh, descriptions below. If you need to contact me, you can contact me through any of that. Um, we do have email too. I do believe that is on the Buzzsprout website. You can catch the email there. All right. Thanks folks for listening. We're going to wrap this baby up and as always, bye bye babies.